Welcome to the podcast for Runaway. I'm the author, Sabine Wilder, here to read my book to you. Let's get started. Chapter 16. The Pack The sunlight reflecting off the snow blinded Susan. She blinked the spots in her eyes away as her vision adjusted. It was cold out, but pleasant with the sun warming her face. The grounds were quiet, save for the crunching of their footsteps on the snow. Susan followed Evie away from the buildings, toward the edge of the lawn. A squat log cabin sat at the tree line, sheltered by overhanging branches. Susan guessed this was what the pack had referred to lovingly as the shack. Chickadees squawked at their approach, and the scent of pine filled the air. Evie pushed the door open, and Susan noticed it was made to swing in either direction. The building was split in two sections. The main area was a change room. Alcoves lined the walls, each with their own series of hooks and shelves for clothing. A wall of shelves ran down the middle, separating the room into two aisles. The other side of the building revealed an open row of showers. Susan could hear the boys on the other side of the shelves. The layout of the change area felt a little too open to be comfortable. While Susan was taking everything in, Evie had already started to remove her clothes. Pick a spot and remember your number. She tapped a little brass plate screwed to the shelf in front of her. Susan chose an alcove a few steps away from Evie's and began unlacing her boots. We all change in one big room? When you see your packmates naked enough times, it stops being an issue. But the boys have been kind enough to give us our own row for now. And the showers? First come, first served, though we shouldn't be getting too dirty today due to the snow. You can always go back to your dorm if you want to shower in private. It's okay. Susan didn't want to make things more complicated than necessary, but she couldn't shake the uneasy thought of seeing a bunch of guys naked in an open shower. Don't worry. The boys will keep to themselves until you feel comfortable. We don't want to scare you. We're not scary, Les shouted over the shelves. Shouldn't you be outside by now? Evie growled. Already there. The sound of nails clicking ran across tile, and a draft swooshed through the building as another door at the back pushed open. Do you guys always tease each other? Susan hardly saw them behave otherwise. Les likes to push his limits. Evie didn't sound impressed. Don't you have a little brother? You must know what it's like. Sort of. Susan chewed her lip, thinking about her family. Ben's not that good with comebacks, though, and I think my mom would pitch a fit if I were to tease him all the time. Oh, he'll find his stride one day, and then you'll never hear the end of it, whether your mother is around or not. Evie bowed to the ground, shifting smoothly to all fours. Sitting back on her haunches, she waited for Susan to do the same. Susan took a moment to gather her bearings before shifting, the cold air prickling goosebumps on her skin. Her body shuddered. Jerking her arms forward, she landed on them much less gracefully than Evie. At least she landed on her paws and not her face. Evie strolled around the corner, and Susan followed. Another swinging door came into view, and Evie butted her head against it, opening it to the bright snow-covered wilderness beyond. A broad path led down from the back of the shack into the bush. Ahead lay a clearing where the snow was packed down in the center, a hub of many crisscrossing trails that met before shooting off in different directions through the trees. 
Evie sniffed the edges of the trails while the boys played in the clearing. Les ran around harassing a much larger gray wolf and a funny-looking black and brown canine that Susan recognized as an African wild dog. Susan knew by smell that the wolf was Jesse. He nipped at Les's ears but didn't seem interested in playing. When he saw Susan, however, Jesse lowered his head and moved towards her. Susan shrank back from the intimidating wolf. After a preliminary sniff, Jesse appeared as uninterested with her as he was with Les. Sam pounced on Les, grabbing him by the scruff of his neck, wrestling him to the ground. Les whimpered his defeat, but bounced up as soon as Sam let go. Les hurtled over to Susan, with Sam at his heels. They both sniffed at Susan, wagging their tails and bowing, inviting her to play. Evie shifted into her hybrid form, towering over the pack. Everyone snapped to attention. All right, we're not going far, and we're staying on the trails. Stick together, and remember, we're getting Susan used to her legs. Feel free to mark. Hunter will know we're here, and the girls aren't alone. Do you think that's a good idea? Les shifted so he could talk, but lay down in the snow instead of getting up to Evie's height. I don't think it'll hurt us to frustrate him a bit. Evie's lips drew back as she wore her teeth to her brother. Les shrugged and shifted back to a coyote, shaking the snow from his coat as he stood. Evie leapt forward, shifting and landing on her paws. The others followed her lead, and Susan bounded after them. Running in a pack was strange, but Susan began to pick up on the ebb and flow of her pack's body language. Words weren't needed. In fact, the more Susan relaxed, the more in tune she felt with everyone around her. Relaxing also helped her get the feel of her own wolf body. The less she worried about it, the easier it was to control. Susan had to trust the beast inside, not fight it, which was difficult. No matter how much Susan opened up, there was always a small, nagging doubt in the back of her brain. What if I can't control it? What if I hurt someone again? Susan shoved her fears aside. The sooner she got a grip on being a werewolf, the better. Les bumped into her shoulder, causing Susan to stumble. He nipped at her heels before dancing out of teeth's reach, his lips drawn back in a canine grin. Susan went to bump him back, aiming for his shoulder, but misjudged the distance and tripped face first into a snowdrift. Susan freed herself, shaking the snow from her fur. The pack doubled back, circling around her until she got to her feet again, and then they were off as if nothing had happened. The pack galloped down trails, exploring nooks and crannies along the way. Occasionally, Evie would stop, lifting her nose to the air, and everyone would become silent, ears swiveling, trying to catch some sound Susan remained oblivious to. Then Evie would start, and they would be off running again. It felt great to be able to run. The tension from the previous days melted away as Susan trotted along. Her problems became distant, and not altogether real anymore, as Susan lost herself to the physical sensation of running. All too soon they were standing in the clearing behind the shack again, Susan's legs shuddering underneath her from exertion. Evie watched wordlessly as each pack member entered the building, counting them off one by one. Susan was the last to leave the trails. She didn't want to face whatever problems her human self had to deal with. She slunk past Evie, her head low until it butted against the door of the shack. Susan shifted easily back into her human self, despite being tired. 
Evie walked over to her alcove, shifting and reaching for her clothes in one fluid motion. You don't even think about it, do you? Susan said in awe. Evie tugged a shirt over her head before responding. It's easier if you don't think about it too much. You'll get the hang of it. Her eyes lit up. So what did you think about your first pack run? Awesome! I want to go again! Evie laughed, the stern lines on her face lifting momentarily. Hopefully we can go again soon, but I'm not holding my breath. I have to go to a meeting now, and I have a feeling Fenris is going to slap more restrictions on us. Susan paused, admiring Evie's cunning. Did you take us out before they told you not to? Something like that. Don't tell me you aren't grateful for a chance to stretch your legs. It's not that. Guilt clawed at Susan's stomach. Do you really think it was a good idea to go out, given everything that's going on? Do you trust me, Sue? I want to. Fair enough. In the middle of the day, with an entire pack around you, there's no way Hunter posts any kind of threat. And Anna is safe at the school, surrounded by Fenris. Evie brushed her hair behind a pink ear. Of course, if I'm being totally honest with you, I'm hoping that taunting Hunter like this will make him angry, which will make him do something stupid so he's easier to catch. It's a small risk with a big potential payout. I don't know what Fenris will think, so I acted before they could tell me not to. It all depends who's in charge of the case. I thought Walter was, Susan said, confused. They're changing things around. Evie didn't sound pleased. That's what our meeting this afternoon is supposed to be about. Don't worry, though. I'll be sure to protect your best interests. Evie grabbed her watch from the shelf and swore under her breath. That took longer than I thought. I have to go. The boys will escort you back. No problem. I'll be out in a minute, Susan said through the shirt covering half her face. As she finished dressing, her thoughts kept circling back to Will. It was hard to reconcile him as the deadly hunter that had half the werewolf community up in arms. A killer didn't really mix with the sweet guy she thought she knew. Then again, maybe everyone had a killer inside them. Only some people let it run loose. Susan shuddered as she pulled on her coat. The swoosh of the door opening made Susan jump. Images of Will and Jim flooded her head and her heart hammered in her chest. You coming? Les's voice echoed through the room. Susan rushed to the door, but when Les saw her, the grin dropped from his face. What's up? Nothing. Susan forced a smile. She didn't want to recall any more images or feelings. Let's go. Les said nothing as he walked by her side toward the school. Jesse and Sam were waiting for them on the path. They took their time walking back, and Susan's mood lightened. It was hard to feel down with her pack brothers around. Les jumped in front of the group, stopping them in their tracks. I have some paperwork that I've been meaning to catch up on. Do you think you three will be all right on your own? Sure. Susan felt safe enough. They were already close to the school, standing in a blindingly sunny field. Why not? Sam came up behind her. It'll give us some time to get to know each other. That's the plan, Les said. You know where to find me if you need me. He walked off toward the school, leaving Susan standing alone with Jesse and Sam. Susan felt weird being alone with them. Not because she didn't know them, but because they had just met and felt so familiar. It was odd. Want to go for a walk? 
Jesse pointed toward a shoveled path lined with trees. Can we stay outside? Susan looked across the open field, waiting for something to jump out at her. Pfft. Jessie waved off her concern. We're practically right next to the school. I can smell Fenris agents from here. You can? Susan did a double take over her shoulder. She didn't see anyone, and the grounds were eerily quiet. I'm surprised you noticed. Sam elbowed Jessie, hiding a smile behind his hand. Oh, come on. I'm not that spaced out. Are we really being watched? Susan eyed the boys suspiciously. Maybe they were teasing her. Sam put a hand on Susan's shoulder. Close your eyes and focus on your breath. Susan did as she was told. She could smell Sam and Jessie beside her, among the trees and snow. It took a minute, but eventually she caught an unfamiliar scent on the air. She opened her eyes and snapped her head around to where she thought the scent was coming from, but saw nothing. Close, but not quite. Sam pointed a little further from where Susan was staring. A man in black with an earpiece stood in the shadow of a doorway. Susan was surprised she had missed him, and a little embarrassed. It comes with practice, Sam reassured her, stirring that uncanny feeling of familiarity. You guys coming or not? Jessie was already several feet ahead. As they walked, Jessie stopped at the foot of a tree, then jumped up, far higher than Susan thought possible, grabbed a branch, and pulled himself on top of it. Sometimes I think he should have been a were-monkey, Sam joked. Are you two waiting for an invitation? Jesse swung himself into a fork in the trunk, leaning into it. Ladies first. Sam held out his hand toward the tree. I don't know if I can jump that high. Susan calculated the distance to the branch Jesse caught. It didn't look like something she could reach. Have you tried? Susan gritted her teeth, crouched, and aimed for the branch. She pushed off with all her strength, but instead of falling short, she overshot her target, the branch catching her in the stomach. Then she started slipping backward. Susan scrambled, locking her arms around the branch. How's the air up there? Sam called from the ground. Fine, Susan wheezed. The branch bent under Jesse's weight, and he stepped over to Susan, pulling her up by her coat. The ground beneath her lurched, and her balance failed. I'm going to fall! You won't. Jesse dragged her to her feet. Besides, it's not far enough to hurt you. Susan steadied herself, trying to find her balance on the sagging branch. How high would I have to be for it to hurt? Depends how you land, I think. Our bodies can take a lot of punishment. More than any humans. Jessie called down to Sam. Hey, old man, you coming up? I don't think so. I like having two feet firmly planted on the ground. Suit yourself. Jessie climbed back over to the fork, leaning his back against the trunk. Reaching in his pocket, he pulled out a lighter and cigarette. Sam knows what I'm up to. He probably doesn't want to reek like a cigarette. You smoke? No. Good. They're bad for you. Jesse held the cigarette in his lips, cupping one hand over the end and sparking the lighter with the other. The burning tobacco smelled acrid and foul to Susan. She didn't want to offend Jesse, but couldn't help the sneer curling up her lip. I didn't realize you smoked. I haven't in a long time, but... Old habits die hard. Jesse took a long drag, and his face relaxed. 
This whole thing with Hunter's got me freaking out. Sorry, you probably feel worse than I do. I try not to think about it too much. Susan crouched, lowering herself onto what she hoped would be a comfortable branch. I wish it was over and done with so I could go home. But then you wouldn't get to hang out with us. Susan was starting to like Jessie, but she wished they had met under different circumstances. As much fun as this is, I miss my family. I miss school. I miss having a normal life. You might never get that back. Jesse puffed a smoky laugh through his lips. I know, but I feel all cooped up here. I can't go anywhere by myself and everyone is on edge. It sucks. I wish things were different too. We must be giving you a bad first impression. Speak for yourself, Sam yelled from below. Jesse snorted, not dignifying Sam with a response. Susan changed the subject. So, where are you from? Ohio. Susan struggled to make a connection. How'd you end up here? Jesse's gaze grew distant. Funny story, that one. It's all Sam's fault, really. Don't blame me for your choices. Did I really have a choice? Jesse said before a shadow fell across his face. No. You're right. I had a choice, but what kind of choice is certain death? What do you mean? Susan asked. The summer I met Sam was the summer I got my draft notice. They wanted to send me to Nam. I'm sure you've heard the stories. I couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Jesse took the cigarette, grinding the butt angrily into the tree's bark. Sam was on his way home to Canada, so I went with him. He's been my brother ever since. You're a draft dodger? You're older than I thought. I get that a lot, Jesse grinned. Have you ever gone back home? And face my old man after running away? Not a chance. Add to that the fact I haven't aged since the 70s. No, I could never explain it to him. So I stayed up here. This is my family now. Your family never knew you were a werewolf? Susan couldn't imagine life without the support of her family. Nope. I found out when I met Sam. I don't know what happened, really. Maybe it was the stress from my draft notice. Maybe it was meeting Sam or a bunch of different things. Either way, I never looked back. That's sad. Jesse shrugged. I've made my decisions. I have no one to blame but myself. Susan curled her knees toward her chest, holding onto the branch for balance. I know the feeling. What do you mean? Please tell me you're not talking about this whole thing with Hunter. There's no way you could have known about him. No, not that. I was thinking about something else. Susan took a deep breath. Did they tell you how I found out I was a werewolf? We weren't given the details, but we know. If no one was going to say it, Susan would. I killed someone. And that's messed up, Sue. Tell me about it. If I hadn't shifted, or if we hadn't been on the ridge, Jim would still be alive. The branch next to Susan creaked. Sam landed beside her. You can't blame yourself for that, Sue. You don't get to decide that. You weren't there. No, I wasn't, Sam said in a soothing voice. But I'm here with you now, and I can tell you would never hurt anyone intentionally. How do you know? 
How could you possibly know what it's like? Have you ever killed someone? Yes. It was the last thing she expected Sam to say. His gaze dropped and his face became old and haggard looking. What? Susan breathed, not sure if she wanted an explanation or not. Sam's eyes focused on something not quite there in front of him. I was a soldier in the Second World War. For real? How old are you? How many wars were you in? That was the only one. Do you... Susan swallowed, a painful lump forming in her throat. Do you remember killing people? I can still see their faces. Sometimes I dream about it. I've tried to put it behind me, but memories don't listen to your conscience. They pop up when they feel like it. Sometimes it's like living through the whole thing again. Susan understood. Visions of the night she killed Jim popped into her head at the worst times. All it took was one stupid little thing that reminded her, and her brain would go into overdrive. Wind rustled through the branches, and they all sat still. Even with the sunlight strong on Susan's face, she felt cold inside. Sorry to bring it up, Jessie broke the silence. You guys have seen things I can only imagine. Don't worry about it. Susan let out the breath she had been holding, but her chest remained tight. If you ever want to talk about it, come find me. Anytime. Sam was back to earth, looking Susan in the eye with concern. Thank you. Susan didn't know what else to say. Suddenly, Sam became alert. Then Jessie. An itch crawled up Susan's spine, warning her that something was wrong. What is it? Not sure, Sam said, but it's not good. Evie's pissed about something. How do you know? Susan asked. We've been bonded for about a hundred years. I'm pretty good at picking things up. Dude, Jessie said, you don't need to be a genius to pick up that wavelength. Something's got her tail in a knot. Realization dawned on Susan. Was that what that tingly feeling in my spine was? Hey, you're catching on, little sis. Jessie slapped her shoulder in approval. We should go. We're about to be summoned anyway. Sam leapt to the ground. Jessie followed without hesitation. Susan watched before attempting it herself. The force of hitting the ground was strong, but her body absorbed it effortlessly. She followed the boys inside, feeling the knot in her stomach grow. That concludes Chapter 16. Runaway is currently available for you to listen to for free. I will release a new chapter every week until the book is finished. But if you can't wait to find out what happens, the ebook is available through Kobo and Amazon. Just search for Sabine Wilder or get a direct link from my website at sabinewilder.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to give me feedback, you can always email me at sabine at sabinewilder.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and help me grow. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant night.